Welcome to Coaching Kids Curling, a podcast for youth curling coaches and program organizers. I'm Glenn Gabriel, a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. My mission is to give you the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about my son's soccer experience last summer and how it taught me a lesson about how to welcome new kids and parents to your curling program. Last summer, my son joined an organized soccer team for the first time. He's five years old, and neither of us had any soccer experience except for playing in the backyard and watching clips of the English Premier League on Saturday morning. I didn't play soccer when I went to school, and no one ever taught me the basics of shooting, passing, or dribbling. My wife signed them up for the Summer House League program organized by our local soccer club. A couple weeks before opening day, she started getting emails from the club, and she would forward them to me. In one of those emails, they said he needed shin pads, so Zeke and I went to a nearby sports store and bought them. As far as I could tell, everything was going smoothly. Then she forwarded me an email from the club asking for parent volunteers to help run the team. I have to admit, I thought long and hard about becoming a volunteer, but ultimately, I chose not to. Why? Three reasons. Reason number one. As you already know, I've been coaching and teaching curling for the last 15 years, and I wanted a break from coaching. In my mind, I pictured myself sitting on a lawn chair with the other parents on the sideline, sipping a cold drink, maybe a bubble tea, and encouraging my son as he played with his teammates. Reason number two. As I explained before, I didn't know anything about coaching soccer, so I wanted to leave it to the experts. And reason number three. I didn't want to play the role of coach and dad to my son. I'd seen what happened to other parents who were coaching their kids in my Little Rocks program, and while it was mostly positive, I witnessed the negative interactions as well. If there was a way to avoid that, I was going to avoid it. Opening day was Thursday, July 22nd. It was a beautiful Canadian summer day. Sunny, clear, and temperatures in the mid-20s. Celsius, of course. I agreed to take Zeke to his practices, and to be honest, I was excited and a little nervous. Yes, I knew this was my son's first soccer practice, but it was also my first ever practice as a, quote, soccer dad. The soccer field was about a 15-minute drive from our house, in the middle of a residential area that was still under construction. After we parked the car, we noticed a tent and a lineup of kids and parents. Naturally, we lined up behind them. When we got to the front, they handed us my son's uniform, which included a navy blue jersey, black shorts, long black socks, and a red soccer ball. We learned that he was on Team United, one of the teams in the U6 or under-6 age group, 
and that we were on field number six. They had divided the full soccer field into six smaller fields with smaller nets already set up. On a couple of those fields, the practice had already started. I saw kids younger than my son dribble a ball around cones, while coaches offered encouragement and praise. So far, so good. When we arrived at field six, I started looking around for someone to direct the kids and parents. There were already a couple of kids who had arrived and were wearing the same uniform as my son, so I knew we were on the right field. There was also another team on the field wearing silver uniforms. I brought my lawn chair, but I didn't know where to put it. I was completely new to this, so I didn't want to make a mistake. I saw some parents putting their lawn chairs on the sideline, so I opened up my chair and did the same. Then I placed my son's bag and his new red ball under the chair. While I was waiting for our coach, I started introducing myself to the other parents. The funny thing was they had many of the same questions that I did. Is this field six? Are you team united? What time is the practice over? Are they going to be playing a game? But the most surprising question was, Are you the coach? I don't know what made them think that. Maybe it was my posture. Maybe it was my demeanor. Maybe it was my curiosity. But people thought I was the coach. And that was the last thing I wanted. I told them that I wasn't the coach. I was just like them, completely brand new to this. We were all in the same boat, and we didn't seem to have a captain. Surely, the soccer club wouldn't just leave us on a field with two nets and no plan, right? Well, if there was a plan, few of us were aware of it. As more kids arrived, they took their brand new red balls and started kicking them into the nets. No one was directing the activity. As someone who organizes his Little Rocks practices to the minute, I found this frustrating. Where was the coach? Eventually, I found a parent who had answered the original email for volunteers. Mark, not his real name, was an easygoing parent who had children on multiple fields that night. I watched him interact with his son and the other kids on our team, and thought he had the right attitude. He was positive and optimistic. But, like the rest of us, he didn't have any soccer experience. I kept wondering when the real coach was going to show up. As time ticked away, it slowly dawned on me. There wasn't going to be a head coach arriving from above. Mark was the team's coach. When I realized that Mark was on his own, I offered to help him. I didn't know what I would do, but we needed all the help we could get. We also recruited two other parents to help out, parents I met just 30 minutes earlier. After 30 minutes of kids kicking their red balls into a net, it seemed like a good idea to start a game. We weren't sure how many kids should be on the field, and we didn't even know how many kids knew the rules. But... The kids were excited to play a real game. It was obvious from the start that the kids were at many different skill levels. 
On one hand, there were kids that had obviously played before. They were running circles around the field. Then there were kids who were enthusiastic, but lacked the skills to play. My son was one of those. Then there were kids who weren't in the mood to play at all. Either they were too shy or afraid to join in, or they were easily distracted or just didn't care about the game. When kids start learning soccer, there's a stereotype that they all chase the ball. And, true to form, the blue team and the silver team did just that. I asked myself, how are they going to get better when none of us have experience coaching or playing soccer? I tried to help the team that night by managing the kids who were going on the field and coming off of it during the game. That by itself was a challenge. Some of the kids didn't understand that they had to get off the field in order for other kids to play. They wanted to play the whole time. Another issue was learning all the kids' names. It was difficult to manage who was coming on and off the field without immediately knowing their names. To top it off, there were duplicate numbers on the jerseys, so we couldn't even use those to identify them. It's hard when there's two number fours and two number fives on your team. We figured out that practice ended at 7.30, and we stopped the game at that point. It seemed like the kids had fun, and it seemed like my son was tired but happy. But I drove home seething. I felt angry, frustrated, and annoyed. I don't remember every single moment of that first night of practice, but I do remember the feeling I had at the end of it. I felt abandoned by the soccer club. Where were the club officials that night? Who was going to coach these kids? And what were they supposed to do every Thursday from now on? Instead of answering those specific questions, I want to tell you what I think they should have done that night. At a bare minimum, someone from the club should have visited our field, preferably at the beginning of practice. They should have welcomed us with open arms, especially since the majority of us had never attended an organized soccer practice before. They should have told us how a typical practice is run and how, as I came to learn, Their philosophy for younger kids is to teach soccer through playing games and not through drills. They should have told us who is in charge by formally introducing the team's coaches and volunteers. Finally, they should have told us who to speak to if there were issues or problems. A simple visit to the field that night would have made things a lot better, at least for me. Now, If you're a youth curling organizer, never forget. Every year, there are kids and parents who are new to your sport, and it's your job to welcome them to your clubs and centers. It isn't enough to tell them about your program, your routines, and your culture by email or phone call. You have to be there in person during that first contact to welcome them in and to make them feel like they're important enough to deserve your presence. 
The day after that practice, I knew I had to speak with someone at the soccer club. Eventually, I spoke with the person in charge of their youth programs. But I'm going to save that conversation and what followed it for a future episode. I also sought the advice of a couple of soccer coaches I know. They are longtime youth soccer coaches that I respect and that have been my friends for years. I asked them, was my experience a typical one for a new soccer parent? They told me that, unfortunately, it was. Soccer clubs, like many other sports clubs, are struggling to find volunteers to run their youth programs. So the fact that one parent stood up and said yes was a positive, even if they didn't have any soccer experience. After speaking to my friends, I made a promise to myself. As much as I wanted to be on the sideline as a spectator, I would step up and coach my son's team if that meant my son would have a better soccer experience that summer. I barely knew anything about soccer, but if I had to learn the sport from scratch, I'd do it for him. In a future episode, I'll tell you about what actions I took to make our soccer practices better. I'll tell you how I dealt with the dilemma of being my son's coach and his dad. Finally, I'll tell you about some of the small victories we achieved and what I would do differently if I was in charge of a kid's soccer team from day one. If you're a supporter of this podcast, I encourage you to follow our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. One more time, the at symbol followed by Kids Curling. I'll also have that Twitter handle listed in today's show notes. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To follow the podcast for free, visit our website, coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music is Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.